Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pool Box Pals podcast. I am Monk, and with me as always is my buddy Mark, who's who's chuckling already. You're such Hey-o. a you're such a little uh, sunbeam, just a little yeah. joy bill. That's why they call but, uh, me the chuckler. That's that's right. That's if you were a, a Batman villain, you'd be the chuckler. Yeah, always give, always giving away my location because you're shocked. just like, come on, we we hear you back there. <laughs> but you'd have like, a, if you, I'm sorry, we'll introduce the guest real quick uh, in a minute. But if you were like in a movie, you know how whenever they like do a new Joker, they're like, we've got to hear the laugh. And that yeah. would just be your whole thing. You would have to oh. like competitions with like Heath Ledger. You'd be up there with the greats. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> well, hey, if anyone could write your story into uh, Batman lore, it would be our buddy who's joining us, our pal, our newest pal, Mr. Uh, Jonathan Chance. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. It's great to be on here. Thanks so yeah. much for having us on. Oh, yeah. Now we've been we've been looking forward to this one for quite some time. I think it's because I think we started chatting about two three months ago, and then we finally just. Like, yeah, let's pick a date and do this thing. So it's good to have yes, you on. I think, yeah, I appreciate that because we're like, um, there's like two or three kind of places I've just like been wanting to get on, you guys being one of the main ones. And it's just um, it's just trying to find time to do it, that juggling, like working on the story and back yeah. and forth with the artists and everything. And then obviously, you know, being a dad and everything and that thrown in as well. And it's just getting the right time. And so it's perfect. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that that works great, and we even got a our buddy Frank over at uh, Coffee and a Comic saying, "Hey, fellas, oh, good thanks. to see uh, Jonathan's oh, face." Nice to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you doing, Frank. Frank. I've actually met him in person. He um, they oh. live. He is pretty close to me, the comic shop. So, got to know yeah, a couple and you, times. You did a you did a little remote down there not too long ago, too, right? Yeah, um, it's about um, is it the uh, I think it was January. Yeah, January. Jesus, the price. I can't believe it's March now already. Um, but yeah, it was January. I think I did a little signing over there, and it was really yeah. cool. So I actually met some some of the people that are reading the comic, and that's always amazing. Just even you know, because when you do comics and stuff, it, it's like it's like filmmaking in a way because you don't really get to see what the audience looks like at all. And then so when mm. people actually do come in, it's like, oh, I guess people are reading it. So yeah. it's quite funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and we'll and we'll get into some of that stuff. Um, man, I like, you know, I I feel like I've gotten to know you slowly over the last few months and just kind of like digging into you. But you're not only a comic book writer, but you've written and directed a few like films too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm an independent filmmaker, and um, I think when we started out, we were very um, we were in like our early twenties. Like I think I was even nineteen. My brother and me, and we basically you know, had the whole, you know, we grew up loving stuff like John Carpenter, George Romero, like a lot of people did, Peter Jackson yeah. and all that. And it's just like, and it really was a case of just like trial and error, just to, can we do this and let's go make a film. And, and that's where it kind of started. And after that, we did a bunch of like independents and we did like uh, short ones and everything. And I think with each one that we did and we'd be like writing and directing and editing and pretty much doing everything, it was really just a calling card to show like this is what we can do with nothing then imagine what we can do with like a bigger canvas and it's always That's a case cool. of like trying to get funding and everything and um but, but i think also the fact that like, once again you know we didn't do film score or anything like that but we just knew what might, makes a good shot and what makes uh you know um in editing it's down to trying your best and picking the best take and everything and um yeah. but i think um the fact that we didn't have much money with those films um, that we did get nominated and got some wins and things like that. I think it just goes to show you that um, there's nothing wrong with saying, I think we're pretty good at what we're doing. If other people are seeing what we're doing and they're appreciating it and they can see, oh, okay, they get it. And, and it's not just, you're saying that, oh, we're pretty good at it, but, but you know, everyone's kind of thinking, you know, man, he should really quit doing that because he's not very good at it kind of thing. And so, um, yeah. so yeah, we kept it that. And, and comic books was kind of my other way of getting my stories out in a different medium kind of thing. Yeah. And man, again, I've, you know, I've been, I've been reading over a lot of what you've sent over to us and your shorts and everything. And it's just, you have, you have an affinity for horror, it seems. <laughs> so, 
yeah. So like, where's where does that like come from for you? Just like this genre of horror, because like I think it too, like some like if some if not all of the films you did were also kind of in that genre. Um, so like, where yeah. does that come from for you? You know, the funny thing is, is that the most successful ones I've done tend to be not direct horror, but they're kind of like horror elements and there's something else. Like I did this short film called The Day I Tried to Live and that actually won like the jury prize thing at the time. Um, and it was, it had horror elements, but it was more about uh, a melodrama, like a sci-fi kind of melodrama with horror elements kind of thing. And it was about um, this alien that comes down and, and basically um, he's trying to search for another of his kind. And um, when he does eventually find him, he finds that he's like a skeleton. And the reason why he's found that he's a skeleton is that on this particular planet, they can only live for one day. So it's literally called the day I'm trying to live because he's experiencing being a human all within one day. And he's just walking around and kind of just experiencing things kind of thing. So I guess it's like I, I have a way of the, the, the films or the stories. And another one was The Boy Who Conquered the Mountain, which is a graphic novel. That's got horror elements. But again, that was more of a coming of age story. Mm -hmm. um, I think they seem to, I don't know what it is, but they seem to be the ones that um, seem to uh, have a bit of an impact, you know, but yeah. maybe even a bit more than the horror ones I've done in, in some, in some areas at least. Um, but horror for me, um, it all goes back to, I think I was about five years old and um, I first watched, I don't know how, but my dad had a copy of um, horror Dracula which is a Christopher Lee old hammer horror yeah, yeah, movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it was, and it was old, it was old beta VHS and somehow I was watching it. So I don't know if he left it on or if my brother had it. I don't know. I was like five at the time. And um, I remember my mum saying, Oh, if you watch that, you know, you're going to get nightmares. And <laughs> I remember specifically that night having nightmares specifically about <laughs> vampires. And then the next morning, the next morning I somehow convinced her and I said, Mum, the only reason why I had uh, had nightmares is because you told me I was going to have nightmares and I was listening to you because you're my mum. So you told me I was going to have nightmares, so I had nightmares. So, so even then I was like, to me it wasn't, I could see even back then um, that uh, it was scary and it was thrilling and you were talking about roller coasters earlier on. It's that same type of scare where it's more like exciting kind of scary. But yeah. And yet even then as a kid I could tell, well, you know, these are two actors and they're acting and that's special effects. And even back then, I, I kind of, I could separate myself from it and enjoy yeah. it for what it was, even though it was scary as well. And I think that's what I've always done. And, and um, you know, like the older I got, I was into like monsters and things like that. So then I think the key is that imagination never goes away and it's turned mm -hmm. into writing, I think for sure. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's such like a key point in your life to like take that all back to. Oh, yeah. I think that's the thing. When you're really young, I, I don't know if we ever pick up on this. I mean, some people do, some people don't. But if you look back and you think, where was the point where, like, I really found the thing I really wanted to do? Or, or where was the key thing that kind of was a highlight for a second where I was like, huh, it kind of, that was a that was a tent pole maybe where it kind of maybe started. And then, mm -hmm, you know, yeah. then there was another thing and, and so on and so forth. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, do we uh do we want to start chit chatting some some of the uh, books you've written or some of you know the stories what what have it? Yeah, let's, sure. Let's, yeah, let's get into them. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't know what order these came out, but I'm sure that you do. But you, I want to start with this one just because it was featured in Horror Comics issue six and also mm. in Elsewhere volume two. But respect your elders. Oh um, uh, yes, yeah, it's a yeah. short one. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first short of yours that I read. And I've I think I've read it six times now because like what it's <laughs> it's probably like seven, eight pages, you know. Uh, yeah, it's pretty I think it's about is it it might be ten or twelve, but it's it, yeah. it feels it's a quick moving story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, just to uh to jump in real quick and just say we love short stories here at uh the Pullbox Pals. It's just, you know, we're, it's even reminiscent of like, not just like old, like comic books of like, you know, you read the old like Marvels and or, um, the Avengers yeah. and X-Men, they're all like one story, but even like comics started in like newspapers, you know? So like yeah. you got yeah, stories in like half a page, you know, or not even, you know? So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 
I think it's cool that, um, yeah, that that comics is kind of going back there to some degree, you know, in short stories or like some even major comics are putting just short little stories at the end of their comics. And it's it's cool. Yeah. Oh, I love but short stories. Yeah, it, it, it gives a lot to like that term of like bang for your buck, you know, like. Mm. Uh, something I've I've noticed and appreciated about your writing is that like regardless of the length of the story, it's a page turner for me. Like mm -hmm. every like you know you you first reached out to me about reading Cover the Dead with Lime and I did and I was like this is amazing. So I told Monk like dude <laughs> we got, you got to read this too. And oh, that's uh, amazing. thank you. But yeah, like I even with respect to your elders, I was just it breezed right through. Um, you know, mm -hmm. it's it has a. I'm trying to think what how I want to say this, but it's basically this is the one with Jenna, and she's going yeah. to like a like a therapy camp or something, and her parents are making her, but then it turns out that this therapy camp isn't really quite a therapy camp, and it's a place that children disappear. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah, the, but yeah, the entire time I was just completely glued to it and just like the fear that came along with it just even like the panel where she bumps into the first old person like oh it yeah, just yeah. it it, inv it invokes feeling and it like you talked about with you know watching dracula as a kid just like certain things just pop out and stick and so oh, again yeah. it's also yeah. like the artists that you're working with they're they're really well well able to communicate what you're writing and put it into uh, i think that's so important yeah, I think that's so important um, how that um, with every story that you do, you, you try to find the right artist for the right story. And in that case, um, I actually met Ron Joseph when I was um, down at in my local comic store at the time. And um, I was getting um, I was getting my cyborg number one signed by Marv Wolfman. And Marv nice. Wolfman was actually signing with Ron Joseph. And at the time, I was like, oh, you know, this is cool, like Ron Joseph. I've seen, you know, looking at some of his artwork and stuff. And I, well, I'm talking to Marv Wolfman and telling my kid about him because my kid at the time was so young and he was into Teen Titans Go and everything. Mm. Um, I was also talking to Ron and saying, oh, I'm actually an independent uh, comic book uh, writer. And at that time, I hadn't actually produced anything, but I was looking to. And I just said, oh, I really like your art. And I go, you know, would you be interested in doing horror? Um, and at the time, he was doing, I think, Transformers and Rom. And, um, and I think um, the great thing was is that seeing his art and seeing that he was also into horror um, and knowing that someone that's been working on something else, I think, for quite a long period of time, they can't wait to kind of get out of doing that and doing something else and then also mm -hmm. putting that. So the, immediately when I sent him over, and I've been doing this for a while, um, the script but also storyboard pages, which all goes back to filmmaking, um, I really like to emphasize as best as possible how specific I can be. And sometimes, you know, artists also offers their things and we go with whatever one seems like the most suitable thing. Um, but it really is like the shots and, and how it's moving along, just like a movie. So when you say it's a page turner, that makes me feel good because I want it to be gripping and I want it to be moving like a movie or you can imagine it like a short film or a movie or whatever. And Ron was perfect for that because it, um, it did require specifically um, that creep factor of, uh, you know, can, can the artist be very good at doing like creepy woodland and creepy mm. old people? And some artists yeah. are really good at doing like modern horror, which would be great for like modern environments and stuff like that. But then there's artists that are really good at gothic art, like Victorian art and stuff. So I would pick a particular art for something like that and then for something else. Um, and other writers might be really good for sci-fi stuff. So it really is important the person that's putting your art out is is going to be showing uh, your vision as best as possible, and, and he was fantastic for that. And I would love, actually, I've been thinking about it for a long time, and I've been writing stuff up, but I do want to expand that story because there's so much going on in that. I would love to make a series based on that. Yeah. Um, but also I would love that short in my own anthology series. When I actually started comic books, um, my first thing I really wanted to do was do my own unique horror anthology um, without having hosts because I think at this point um, EC did it perfectly. Creep show showed an homage to it. Oh, I think yeah. anyone else doing kind of hosts at this point, unless you get it right, it's kind of a little bit kind of cheesy at this point. So I like the fact that if I brought out this anthology, 
which I've already done all the stories for, um, it, it would be called Never By Night, and I would um, bring out a volume every year, and it would have yeah. up-and-coming artists as well as um, established artists. And in and every every volume, I think people would be getting excited to see who's going to be in this volume, what new artist and what established artist is going to be in this new volume. And, and Respect yeah. Your Elders was one of those stories that I wanted to have in there with other ones I haven't even released yet. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so I, that's another thing. Like, just we also love anthologies, just because again, like it has that ability to tell like multiple stories that you know don't necessarily be need to be connected. But if they are, that's cool. But if they're not, like, that, again, cool. Like, it's a hard um, thing to tell a short story. I think you mm -hmm. know because it's you have to contain it. I mean, the good thing is about some some short stories like that one in particular. It can be standalone. But I know that there's so much more to expand. And even at the time, I'm like, this could be so much more. I want to get into how did this pit get there? Where did it come from? What happened afterwards? What happened before? How long has it been there? What's it related to? Is it alien? Is it monster? Is it dark? What is it? So there's so many like questions and how I could go with that. And I have a whole thing and I would love to expand that. But then other things, like they are just great just as they are standalone and are just mm. a great you know, story as it is. Yeah. That's awesome. If yeah, if you got that going, I'd definitely be picking that up. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, Monk and I read something with kind of like the similar idea um or like just but I think this is an artist who sought out different writers, but did you ever read Silver Coin or hear of it? Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, and I think every issue is by a different writer and artist, is that right? The are the, the art i think that the artist yeah the art stays matt, the same it's matt then, walsh right yep yeah okay. and then he has a different writer for each story um but they all every story revolves around this silver coin um that's so right. it's like that's it's connect it's connected in that way but um every story on its own like they're not really like sequential or in, in any way but they are connected i would so. love to do a story i'd love to do a story for something like that. i think this is the thing because i'm independent and when you kind of create around you literally have to you know toot your own horn kind of thing which isn't something you necessarily want to do when you're a writer type person you're not <laughs> like look at me look at me you know yeah you know but you have to do all that you have to reach out to people and even people like image um you know if i reached out to them i'd probably be on the same level of people that would be submitting every day you know so how do you get unless you get an agent or something it's, it's also it's like unless someone says something like oh get get jonathan jonathan would do a great story so if they did something like that then then they'd be aware of what i'm doing maybe mm -hmm. they're aware of cover the dead line maybe i don't know um and I, I would love to do something yeah yeah it's it's just no matter what field you're in connections are key like i think you know you can you can do a lot of hard work and a lot of that like it goes really far but if you don't know like the right people then you know that's that's super important so it's it's good to oh, continually put yourself out there so that more people can come across your work and you know oh, stumble you know yeah yeah, yeah. Were, were you recently at a, a comic convention or is there one coming up that you're going to oh thank you for saying that yeah um i'm hoping to go to WonderCon um which is going to be in about i think it's a week from now next next weekend i think it's coming up i'm hoping to go to that i actually went to it last year i was signing with heavy metal uh the boy conquered a mountain um but i um i don't think i'll be signing this time i'll just be walking around because i actually i left it too late to get a booth kind of thing so i'll be walking around uh, but i'll be there all right <laughs> that's yeah. sweet you just gotta walk around with like cards and uh uh, that I just have like I'll QR have codes big... that like link to things. <laughs> I have this big long detective jacket, and I'll have all go. this like, just like copies of this QR code. Drugs, in it too. <laughs> drugs and drugs and comics, and beer, anything that people want, I'll have it in this big long jacket. <laughs> well, it looks looks like I'm going to WonderCon. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a uh, uh, just ink. Or yeah, just Ink Twenty Seven said, "Yeah, Jonathan." Or maybe it's Justin <laughs> K Twenty Seven. Oh, I think just... that might be. He might be one of Frank's um, customers. Maybe I met him. Oh. I think that might be the Justin. He might say yes or no. I don't know. That might be the Justin. 
or it might be Justin, who I also know. I know two Justins. Or oh, Justin K. I see what you mean. I just saw yeah. it. Wow. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to give – there's a new nickname for you. It's just Ink. I don't – that's probably not original. I'm sorry about – yeah, Justin K. Wow. All right. Well, <laughs> sometimes you got to put a foot in your mouth on the internet live. But what are you going to do? Well, um, yeah. Let's like, get back to uh, comics before I screw up other things. Yep, the one that comes to hang with you. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So yeah. So elsewhere, you you're in two of their volumes, volume two and three. You had respect your elders, and now all is silver in volume two and toadstools and what like a is it like a shadow before me? Is that what? Yeah, it is? like a shadow before me. Yeah, yeah. Toadstools actually the first, uh, even though it's in volume three, um, and the other two are in volume two. Uh, Toadstools was actually the first short I ever did. Um, and that was a nice kind of little taster of like, you know, just throwing yourself into, you know, can I do this kind of thing? And it was just five pages long. And that one for I me, I was just, I was just like, no. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, uh, I definitely related with the uh, little boy in that story of just like, oh, <laughs> And uh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah, it's it was like such a fun. I again like just being able to appreciate, you know, just x amount of panels. You know, like you can count them probably on if all extremities. You know, and like yeah. there's not that many, and you were just able to tell like a boom impactful story. Like being able to relate to people, have that like even like kind of bait and switch of emotions. Um, yeah. Just for people who aren't familiar with the story, it just opens up on just two little kids preparing dinner for, you know, they're going to make a special little treat for their parents for dinner. And then I don't want to spoil anything, but things change. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, so, end. <laughs> the end, that was, that's the comic. But again, like, it's like, again, talking about, you know, getting a bang for your buck or just even like, just, I've, I wanted a thrill. I wanted to feel something yeah. and I got it, you know, like it didn't have to be yeah. a six issue arc, you know, in a trade paperback. I know, was, yeah. 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 Some things require a, you know, a beautiful long story if it's something epic in that. And in this case, I just, that was why I love doing the shorts. It was like doing short films. It was just like, you know, it's like, I just want to give a, a short little taste to just like, what if there were these kind of, evil kids or one was evil at least and it was just like and people can relate to that because this little kid was a little basically narcissistic toxic little a-hole in the making or you know like <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then yeah. The, the art we actually um monica um uh has done uh, comics of her own in there and i can't think what else she's done done something else as well um but um i said to her like yeah that we're gonna try even though this is set in the 80s Let's kind of make this look like it's almost like Americana. I think Norman Rockwell kind of, mm. you know. Oh, yeah. And that's what we were trying to get with that. And I think she definitely nailed that. Mm -hmm. And then even um, uh, we we did one page and she said, this is 10 panels. Like, you know, how are we going to – how's this going to work? Like, Because at the time I'm thinking, I don't know. This is the first time I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. But right. and, and yet on that one page, the way it's done, again, like shots – you know, he's looking at her, she's looking at him, she's looking at the parents, the parents are looking at her. You know, then it's a shot of the, you know, panel of the spoon going up to the mouth and then the eyes looking back again. And, but it works, though. So you're just following the whole thing. And sometimes yeah. you don't even need to have any words. And that's right. the funny thing as well. As a writer-creator, some people are just like, oh, you know, you wrote that, but you didn't do the art. It's like, no, I didn't do the art, but I did write it. And, think, and I have to try to explain to them that every panel that you see is written even if there's no dialogue there's still description for every single panel that's written like there's still a lot of information that goes into every panel and then i draw them yeah. as well and then i get to a professional to do that but because there's no dialogue doesn't mean there isn't anything being written because they can't see right. it right there on the page even though the whole page is panel after panel after panel of just really yeah. just speak volumes without saying a word you know mm -hmm. i i really like uh comic book scripts and how you guys put them together um uh man what's his name the guy that does ice cream man and he just recently is releasing art brood again uh maxwell i uh, think oh 
Yeah, um, yeah. I, but like, I, uh, I checked out the ice cream man from my library not too long ago because I, I don't know why I never thought about checking my library for comics, but my library has them, and so they had all the ice cream man. And in the in you know when you get the trade paperback, there's always like the extra stuff in the back, and I really appreciated how for like probably the most impactful story in each volume, he had like the script back there for it. And so just like being able to like read through that as mm-hmm. well. And like going oh, back to look good. at like how the artist drew it as well was just fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. There's, a, yeah. there's a lot going on, even with continuity um, with like the boy conquered a mountain. It was like uh, the graphic novel, <clears throat> just basic little things like, okay. Um, now, you know, they're going to be completely covered in um, gray clay. You know, so all of a sudden they've gone, you know, they've all got their particular certain colored uh, samurai armor. Each one's got to have the specific right one and they've got to look a certain way. And now all of a sudden now they've all got to have this gray clay that they've got on them. You know, you've got to make sure that every single it's going to continue until this this page and then it, then it's going to get washed off or whatever. And now they're up in the mountain. Now we can we also have an effect where, you know, you can literally see the breath. You know, we want to feel that they're up there on the mountain. It's freezing mm. cold and how oh, it's freezing cold. You know, this creature's, you know, uh, uh, filled with heat or whatever. They're still freezing cold. Um, yeah. And little things like that where, where like even in movies, like I think, what was it? I think it was AVP. Um, I'm thinking after seeing The Thing, the original The Thing, right? You can yeah. tell they went all the way to, I don't know if they, that was filmed in Alaska or wherever that was filmed. But you know it was cold in that movie, The Thing, right? In the, in yeah, the John yeah. Carpenter. You can see how freezing, <laughs> freaking cold it is. It's coming out of their nose, their eyes, their faces are white, cold, and, you know, they're, they're living it, right? Where with <laughs> AVP, I'll never forget watching that movie, and it was okay, but it was like they're on a mountain, and there was no breath. There wasn't even a cold. They couldn't even they didn't even CGI a breath over the top. And I'm just thinking, so little things like that, the filmmaker part of you. You're yeah. thinking, well, at least comics, you can still you can express that in comics and get the arts to make sure they can put that in as well and you know show them. Yeah, well, and now since you know you've brought you brought it to the boy who conquered the mountain, like man, what a what a piece of art like that mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. not like that goes to say for your writing, but also is it Emilio Utrera? Is that how you say his? Yeah, I think he's he, uh, Emilio um, Utrera. Utrera. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, but he he did the pencils inks color lettering like yeah and he he really he really brought your story to life and man like i guess uh if you haven't read it um i found uh i i I read a lot of different (laughs) random review sites for comics but one person just the guy gave a short snippet in this way said the boy that conquered the mountain combines the classic hero's journey with japanese history and rich detailed artwork for a unique tale that serves as a metaphor for conquering one's fears um what do you take on that i mean do you do you like read when people post reviews of your stuff and you're just like they don't quite get it or... yeah yeah but... i do i do i do read that I, I think you can't help that you know you do wonder once you put something out there into the world and you do want to know what people think of it i mean that's just a human you know thing that you want to know what people think of it um yeah, I think that's that, that's what it is. I, it's like a, it really is like a knight's tale. Um, yeah. With that originally, an alternative publisher was looking for kaiju stories, and at the time, I was like, eh, um, kaiju stories, all the modern ones, they've been done, and I'm thinking I don't want to. So that's the thing. I, I know if I'm going to go into doing a story, I've got to really want to care about it. If I don't care mm-hmm. about it, it's not only going to show in the writing, but I'm going to have an awful time writing something I don't care about. So I wanted to, so I thought, well, how can I come up with a kaiju story that I really want to care about? Cause you know, I don't want to do something derivative that everyone else has already done and done a modern version. So I thought, so I had this whole idea and I thought, well, what if it was, I mean, you know, these creatures normally uh, are from Japan. I was thinking, what if it was set in a fantastical time when, you know, myths and magic really was around hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of years ago. And it would be a perfect time to set it. And I could also blend, you know, um, as a kid, I grew up and I was that, you know, tiny, thin, gawky kind of kid that couldn't really kick someone's ass kind of thing. I was a bit of a nerd. And <laughs> so I think I, I could I could put, you know, that ninjutsu that I'd learned into it 
that he's a training ninja in in, in training and everything and um and, and put all these different elements to it and bring something so different and combine it to also be a, a coming of age story um you know and, and, and an asian take on a knight's tale and mm. with again those horror elements and it's also yeah. i don't know if I mentioned other places but it's also allegorical because um my wife had passed away um almost five years ago and at the time i wanted to um i dedicated it to my son and i wanted to if if there ever be a time in his life when he's like a teenager or something like that where he feels different or he feels um you know maybe even not strong or something or that he feels mm-hmm. different from other people i wanted to give him something um that it doesn't matter like who you are that you you know have if you've got the strength within you that you can conquer mountains you know yeah so that, that mountain in this is allegorical in the sense yeah. of um in that light within you that you can overcome anything even tragedy so yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. A beautiful story. Um, yeah, I read, I read through that one a couple of times. Um, you mentioned just like, uh, Emilio's ability to even just remember to draw the breath of them and like, yes. you know, like, yes. and yes. something, something Monk and I really like is when we read stories that can evoke emotion in us. And I, with, with Boy Who Conquered the Mountain, I was very much just drawn into the kid's story like I could, yeah. I could feel his feelings as he is going through it, or at least relate to them in some way. And uh, yeah, it is. It's the coming of age and conquering one's fears. And uh, sorry, I, I got to mention: if you, did you guys watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> I don't. I haven't seen that. <laughs> no, I want to see. I've heard lots of people saying it was good. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> so the the latest season just started yesterday. In episode one, he takes his team down somewhere to conquer their fears too. But it's not a mountain. But it's it's still the same principle <laughs> of learning to oh, conquer right. your fears. Um, I, I, I one thing that I really enjoyed about this is definitely like the movie as quality of mm-hmm. it of just feeling like like this felt very much like. Um, just something that I think you could, if this was like an animated movie, like just put it on and it's it's one that's like, like kids would love it. Adults I think would resonate with it. You know, like, like you should try pitching this to like Disney because it would be like a great, just Disney movie. And like, just that I feel like it's, it's for everybody. Like, um, yeah, because you know, again, like whatever that mountain is like everybody, everyone has to face it. And it's it's great to be able to identify with it, you know? absolutely yeah. yeah like i was saying earlier on it's always the stories it seems where there's something more to it and, and even with the even with the horror stories i try to invoke like you were talking about like a frill but also um something that makes you think that maybe yeah. afterwards with some of them at least um they're gonna either just be a fun feeling afterwards or, or a feeling of oh, wow yeah there, yeah there is something to that that's kind of really creepy or there's something about that or makes you think afterwards but then there's things like this which um have so many other different elements as well and like you say where it can apply to so many different people and, and teenagers mm-hmm. as well it's kind of like a young teens and up kind of audience yeah. um and it seems to be with those different stories it seems to be those things that resonate sometimes more with with an even wider audience so yeah mm-hmm. i would love to even at the time um, when we were making it, it all goes back to when I wasn't doing storyboards with the scripts. I was doing scripts um, without, you know, the first thing I ever did. And I just remember thinking at the time that, um, man, you know, that, that particular panel needed to be more epic, you know, and I'm trying to explain it and I'm still explaining in notes and I'm putting in a script and it's still not resonating. So maybe I need to show it, you know. So that's why, even though it's time consuming, it's really worth doing that. And then sometimes if they come up with something even greater, I'm all for that as well. Um, so that was me and Emmy at the time. Emmy and I were back and forth with things. And then if I was really particularly stubborn on something, I'd say, no, nah, like, I really want to go this way with it because it's supposed to be. Like right at the end when, um, I mean, I won't really ruin it, but um, one of them's fallen and they're all standing there. And it's just a very long shot. And you could just see yeah. the legs of the creature and them just standing there. And it's very kind of just epic and stuff like that. I, I could just totally imagine it. Uh, like you say, being a movie or an animated movie, I was thinking that at the time. And I did leave that open as well. And yeah. um, I was hoping that maybe I could turn it to, you know. And that, and that, that panel that you're talking about, too, is a very impactful one, too, because 
again, we're, we're talking about just like bring out the emotion of that scene and you just, yes, one of, one of their friends has fallen and these are pretty much all kids, but it's, and it's kind of like, in a way, I guess in some aspect, it's kind of like Lord of the flies a little bit, just in terms of, you know, the, the camaraderie and stuff. Mm. And, but it is just like, you're a kid and you've, you've already come to experience a fallen friend and that scene just, you know, yeah, it's just drawn on in a, a panel or two, but that it resonates. And, you know, yeah. so what Dracula did for you back at five years old, that panel did for me. <laughs> in <Wow. this. laughs> oh man, that's amazing. I, I think uh, when it's children as well, that's the thing. And, or, or, or people that are kind of, or, um, you know, or characters that are not necessarily helpless, but people that we want to protect. You know, that could be an elderly person or it could be a child or whatever. You you have an even more stronger emotion, I think, for that. You know, so yeah. then when you add the of horror to that, um, it does give you, does invoke those feelings. And, and also, you know, I'll even try to, you know, tell the artist, you know, like, can we have it that he's, his eyes are all welled up? He's not mm. crying, but he's about to cry. And to show that just in a panel, and that's, mm. you know, I've got a particular story that I haven't even released yet. I've got quite a few stories I haven't released yet because I want to put them all under this horror anthology that I'm holding on to, um, where it's like, it's just so powerful that, that art can be that, just in an image. I mean, it does speak mm. in a thousand words, you know, just that one image, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Loved it. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't, Red Boy Who Conquered the Manor, people listening, uh, or Conquered the Manor, the Mountain. Uh, <laughs> That's your next one. The Boy Who, the, conquered the boy who the con- Hasn't Conquered His Manners. Um, <laughs> um, if you haven't read The Boy Who Conquered the Mountain, uh, it was it's put out by Heavy Metal. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, excellent story. Go pick it up. Um, but let's let's get into a little bit more of a, a jaded character with uh, Cover the Dead with Lime. Uh huh. Right. So you let's let's get this one out of the way because this is a big deal. But you got the 2022 Indies Award winner for best comic from other publishers. So other publishers just more means like smaller publishing companies don't put out a whole lot um, monthly. But uh, yeah, that's that's awesome for you. I voted for you. I think you knew that and I told you. But oh yeah, that's um, right. <laughs> Appreciate that. But I, yeah. I was so I was so excited that day when I saw that you won. I was like, yes. Yes, we did it. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> I was on your team. I put myself on your team. So um, it was so funny in, in, in typical uh, dad world, you know, uh, situation. Here's me getting ready to go to a children's birthday party as I'm watching it on YouTube. I'm like, so part of me's like, like I can't wait. I'm, I'm gonna, am I gonna win? Am I gonna win? Am I gonna win? I'm watching it, and then meanwhile, it's like you gotta get ready to go, and it's like. Like you, it's that whole part of you like wants to enjoy this moment just for me, you know, not dad, right? And then the yeah. other part, he's like, I've really got to get to this children's birthday party. Kind of thing. Um, but it was great, you know. And, and we also, and that's the thing, just just being nominated as well was amazing. And I think I was trying to state that at the time that there's all these different, not only independent publishers, but really big independent publishers. And I was even talking with, uh, I think it was uh, what's his name, True nerd can't think of his i always get his name wrong um about a month ago that there's independent publishers that are so high up the 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 tier that you know they're literally marvel dc image boom you know they're they're all massive they're like multi-million dollar companies with with massive teams they make lots of money and stuff like just to be nominated and to be nominated for best horror comic um but this one i saw it as that we actually won not just in horror, but as the realm, you know, outside of the genre to actually yeah. win best comic by other publishers was, you know, really amazing. So it meant yeah. a lot to me. Appreciate well, yeah. And, and you also, yeah, you mentioned the same comic cover that with Lime. It was, it was up against some big names because it had a, was a house by the lake was also nominated. Yes. And that's, I, I that's think it was like, under the horror one. Yeah. yeah and then, under DC's um, like horror label. Um, but yeah which is which is crazy it's like yeah I, i'm not even dc like is completely out of anyone's league for stars yeah. image is, is out of most people's league because everyone this is the thing 
all comic stores always will have image right yeah where with blood moon for instance who i'm with um i have to go out of my way to ask stores can you get this in or, or people have to say can you get this in for us so the fact that um we've actually got a strong fan base or you know a strong growing fan base that actually voted for us considering um the mileage of all the comics that you know it's only got to a certain amount of comic stores internationally compared to image where it, all of images are all in comic stores like every comic store will not not have image comics right so yeah. um just the fact that you know we got that far and got nominated and then won that particular thing was, was amazing yeah yeah now you yeah, you mentioned like yeah like you you have a smaller reach with that just with the tools that you have with the publisher and um but yeah we i love eating up smaller publishers work be, or what they put out for like you guys and your uh fellow creators but um yeah it's kind of like a, the the same reason that people like to watch college football because it's like <laughs> those people are the hungriest right like they're they yeah, have most the proof yeah, you know right yeah. and so like yeah and like even like again like i don't watch sports at all so i'm i'm really reaching with <laughs> this analogy but like it, it would be really cool to find somebody like in the college years and then watch them get picked up and you know in the nfl and then just to see where their career goes and that's how i feel you know i'm excited to see that with you with um our buddy uh jonathan hedrick who we had on like all these indie guys i'm very excited to see what the future has for everybody yeah. and uh, i also wanted to say that uh our 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 good buddy, our good pal, just just ink, uh, <laughs> said cover the dead with lime is sick, and I agree, literally. <laughs> <It's>, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. where where does where does cover the dead with lime come from for you? Like, is this like something that you'd written a while back, like maybe as a movie at first, and then you turned it into a comic, or is this an original comic idea? Yeah, it's actually based on a, a movie script idea. Um, I think I wrote it in, I think it was 2009 or 10. And at the time, um, there was just so many zombie things, like so many zombie movies. And, and, and I think the good thing about Walking Dead was at the time, even though it kind of dwindled at the end, um, the good thing at the time with, with Walking Dead was it was kind of like, you know, we're a TV series. And we're the official zombie, you know, story now, you know, forget all these other movies and whatever's going on. And there was the odd ones here and there, like um, Train to Busan, that was absolutely fantastic. So just when you thought like, you know, oh, it's all been done, it's all been done, it's all been done. And then Train to Busan was like absolutely phenomenal. And then like Walking Dead just became like the name for zombie stuff. And all of a sudden, so mm -hmm. finally, it kind of put an end to just the derivative generic bullshit of just, I think people just cashing in on, you know, like I don't have a problem with anyone. I mean, I want people to be independent, make independent movies and comics and stuff like that. But just, you know, uh, if you're an artist, just try to bring something different, you know? So yeah. um, I was happy. I think that when COVID was kind of happening, I just thought, yeah, I was thinking, um, you know, it's really, you know, claustrophobic and we're all going through all this right now and everything and i was thinking you know i should maybe dig up that zombie story and i was thinking you know this still hasn't been done it's all these years later and it still hasn't been done in this way and yeah. i think that's what um there's a guy um uh cj uh, who's with um uh, uh but why though um reviews and stuff and and he mentioned that i brought something different with the boy who conquered a mountain because it's like a knight's tale, but it was Asian. And then he also mentioned that with cover the dev with lime, that, that just when you thought that, you know, the zombie things have all been done, you know, there's this story, which is completely different in a way. And it's bringing it completely different environment. And I just, mm -hmm. I just love the fact of how far back it goes that yeah. there really was your know, bubonic plague. If you look at, you know, just, uh, typical zombie movie like straight away immediately night of the living dead they all look like plague victims you know mm. so it makes sense yeah to kind of had this unique story where the idea was the concept was what if there was a alternate reality where the bubonic plague didn't just kill people but it actually was the beginning of a zombie outbreak and yeah. that could, you know, actually, you know, extends out. And then you've got this circumstance of the time they're living in. You know, it's yeah. already an awful time. 
you know, like people were dying at a very young age anyway. Just and and it's, it's post it's post Black Plague, right? Like so, Black Plague already yes. had happened, and yes. now now here comes yeah. what seems to be another one. But yeah, and just on that, like I think it's it's really cool to see things like you don't get to see zombie story. This is the only one that I can think of that takes place not in modern times. Yeah. You know, like everything I love, like why would we think that we're the only people that get zombies? Like, of course, like other people would like, if it's just an illness or what have you, like other people throughout time would have that as well. So I think that that's, that's brilliant that you're bringing in like the actual, like, let's see, let's set this somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, right. And then real quick, you met, you mentioned CJ um from yeah uh from what sorry what is it but why though he's he's somebody's yeah. articles that i read and what i quoted earlier that he wrote that so oh he wrote that you. one right i knew it was yeah, some, yeah. yeah i knew it was, i thought it was over him or jeremy uh from um another website um yeah yeah that's right, right. yeah i love him he's a really nice guy too he's really nice right guy. on um but yeah so back to cover the dead though but man i i like love this story um so you got dr dr teller it is. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't want to like spoil. I know like you got issue four is coming out soon, but the first three are out, they're all fantastic. And I don't want to spoil the story for anybody who hasn't read it, but Dr. Jack, Dr. Jack Teller essentially goes through a crisis in, in this plague and uh, kind of loses everything he has, but he's a doctor and he can help. And in a way, like he kind of reminds me of a, batman type character yes, um, yes but then you also get you know your classic zombie fighter guys that you know i guess uh the walking dead uh <laughs> i'm trying to think of uh like uh Army i mean it's not I'm, yeah bruce campbell's character oh, that's oh, yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> with like, that kind of but yeah <laughs> and it's just like the way that he like the opening story is just fantastic like i guess yeah, that one's been out for a while, so we we can talk about that one, I guess. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can go. Yeah, but just just you know, yeah, the plague comes a year later. He's in the plague suits, you know, looking like a bird, and uh, yeah, Ash. Thank you, Justin. Um, <laughs> it's just ink. What yeah, are you doing, just, everybody? Just ink twenty seven. <laughs> um, but just yeah, kind of like. I love the process too throughout the series so far of just going back to like the memory of, but then yeah. in his present situation and just, you see how jaded he is by everything that's going on, jaded by other plague doctors. But then also just when he goes to this first, I guess, client's house that you introduce us to. And she's like, my yeah. daughter's sick. You know, we couldn't find a heartbeat, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, there's nothing we can do. And he goes in and like kills this zombie girl. And it was just such like a real like opening of just Teller doesn't care anymore. He knows what needs to be done and he's right. he's going to do it because he's got a chip on his shoulder and he wants to, he wants to get rid of this plague. And right. Right. Yeah. He's so, just, he's just numb. He's just numb yeah. at this point. I think um, the original intention was, you know, as a doctor was to help people. And I, I think, um, he is still going from place to place. He was called in this particular place to help the sick, you know. But now this is the thing, because this times that they're living in, he's also become, he's not only the job of being the doctor, but he's also the executioner as well. Um, yeah, Father Merritt, that's right, yeah. <laughs> I know that Justin is now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's saying about the exorcist. It was, yeah, it wasn't intended at the time to be that way but it does have like a very kind of exorcist movement about it when he's walking in the door opens and she's standing there yeah. um it's such a creepy panel think, too <laughs> yeah, yeah yes like yeah. the the art definitely does a fantastic job of like displaying the yeah. rot of like yeah of it's, like letting it know that there's like infection like yes, it's muddy it's, yes. it's gross like yeah, yeah, yeah. this is so this is her name gonzalez does the art Damien yeah. uh, does the colors and Drew Lenhart does the lettering. Um, it's it's like one of those things where I've done, as you've read, all kinds of different horrors, but this one is like, man, this is going to be the goriest one I've ever done. You know, you just <laughs> you know, it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you've got to go all out with this because it's going to be, 
And by the time you get to issue three, and we can touch upon that a little bit, at that time I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be really good for Halloween. At the time it didn't come out at Halloween, it ended up coming out at Christmas because there was some holdup or whatever. Um, but that's as, as, as grimy, and it, it was a grimy and disgusting time. Like I was saying, I think I said in another interview, um, that people would throw crap out of their window. Like, this is yeah. the reason why you got plague. This is the reason why there was so many people dying so early because um, there was no sanitation. There was no sewage, proper sewage systems. And people were just chucking out their toiletries, you know, toilet stuff. And so um, I wanted to show that, like, immediately. You know, it's pissing yeah. it down. It's, this is England. This is England. pissing it down with rain. It's you know, late, it's late 17th century <laughs> London, England. No, this, yeah. is just, this is just last week. This is just last week. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's depressing. It's not just joking. No. Wow. Um, and, and it's muddy and wet. It just, you just, I want, you know, and that's the thing. It, it's describing that. And once you describe that and you find that in your artists that can show what you're trying to convey, um, which was perfect with this team because. And they're all really lovely, kind, good people and giving people because we're all very passionate about what we do as and even as a team. Um, and, and if you find people that um, that aren't, aren't just as passionate as you are, but want to go that extra mile to like, yeah, it's really, you know, can we can we get a little bit more with that, make a little bit more grimy, a little bit more this and that and everything and don't have a problem with it and just because we all want the same thing. Um, and that's what I got with these guys. And that's why, again, I think that's why we got, nominated and we won and everything because we wanted to show it all kind of goes back to the filmmaking days it goes back yeah. to this is what we've got we don't have loads of money we don't have we're not on a big label but here we are and this is our calling card yeah, yeah. no that you're the whole team did great uh you already mentioned uh it was hernan Gon gonzalez yeah. is that right and then yes. damien uh felipe felipe yeah. yeah, and then you got yeah. Drew Leonard doing the letters, and uh, yeah. yeah, just such a great piece of work, all of it together. Uh, um, I got a question for you. Just showing a little bit of the inside. What? It, there, okay, quick. so like, uh, I've always, I've always heard, and I've said quite a few times on this podcast, but like the colorist is always seen as like the soundtrack of, of the <laughs> comic. Like what? How yeah. would you just? How would you describe a letter? Oh, that's tricky, isn't it? Oh, man. The Well, it's the finalists. It's the finalist of the whole process without the letter. I, I think underrated as well, completely mm -hmm. underrated mm -hmm. because yeah. they are really important because if you have bad lettering, and I'm not being mean or nothing, but I've, I've seen some bigger publisher places and I've seen some lettering on some stuff. I'm thinking – that ain't acceptable for me, let alone like to be on this big, you know, label or whatever publisher they're on. And I'm thinking, how does that, I can understand certain lettering works best with a particular type of genre or to a particular type of indie comic or whatever, but I'll see some and I'm like, oh, why, why was that? Okay. Like, so, so yeah, again, yeah. with Drew, again, a very giving person. And I actually, um, in fact, a little tidbit story of how I met Drew, um, my actually the first story that was released just before elsewhere was on a other independent little uh, company called snowy works and it was that toadstool story but it was in black and white at the time hmm. and that's actually drew's little uh like indie indie publisher company so okay. that was how i met drew and then occasionally you know he'd say oh we're doing another anthology do you want to do it and i'm like okay i might be able to do something and we'd be back and forth and we'd be supporting each other's stuff he'd bring out stuff i'd support and then after a while it got to a point of like um i'm going to be putting together like six or seven pages to pitch this thing to different publishers and i reached out to drew at the time and just said oh would you be interested in like you know lettering this and everything and then he did and then once it got picked up i obviously kept with the team i didn't like decide to change oh i'll change this one out for someone else or whatever um that way you've got that kind of commitment of us all together that we started something and i want to we want to finish it together you know? so. yeah yeah no the whole team did great the art is just, like seriously just like it's so dark but it pops i'm looking at a, a, a i can't i don't know which page it is maybe page 10 of issue one and it's just a one panel no it's two panels 
but just the way that Teller is drawn in it, and it just looks like he's standing out of the page. Um, oh yeah, in the, in the shower part, is it like a shower pack thing? He's in the no, he's I, he's still he's oh, still no, talking. Yeah, he's still talking with the mom in in issue one. Like it's you know before he uh, he deals <laughs> with her. Um, and she's just like, you know, pardon me, good sir. And it's just lightning's cracking down behind oh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. how Stroom, Stroom is written. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like how yeah, Stroom's yeah. written out there. Like this page is just phenomenal for me. Yeah. And yeah. And uh, it's the art is very reminiscent of uh, Mike DeDato Jr., who's I'm a really big fan of. It's just that dark, heavy shadows, but like the things that you can like see of the people are just very like predominant. And like, just give that like heavy. You can just, I just love comics that you can just feel the heaviness of it. And I feel like, yeah. and not just like again, like we're we're talking about the heaviness, but also like the first uh, page of issue one is just it's light, it's happy, yeah. and like so oh, that's yeah. like the um the artist was able to relay that as well, <laughs> and then things switch, you know, and it's yeah, it's cool. yeah. I think that was the key at the beginning. Like I um. The pitch really kind of started with the pages well because we did six or seven pages as a pitch originally that starts kind of at that point where it says 1666 where the people are running through the street and it's raining and and then you hear the click 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 of the uh the cane hitting the street um hitting the cobbled uh, streets um that's where it originally started and at the time i was thinking well we're going to be going back and forth between two different time periods anyway because both of them are just as important as each other his how he became and he's becoming um yeah. in two different times so many uh, both years are just as crucial as each other and i tried to show that in in issue three when literally we jump between 1665 and 1666 as just he's just found out some awful information about a family member and um and the free i don't want to ruin it but free people are holding him and then yeah. in the next panel um he's back in the present of 1666 where a bunch of zombies are holding him yeah and just to go between those two panels it's like which nightmare would you prefer to have the one mm. where you found out the worst possible nightmares come true and these people are about to maybe kill you as well or the present where these people are about to tear you apart and destroy you and you've already lost everything already anyway. So yeah. <laughs> which nightmare Ooh. would you prefer to have? Evil one is absolutely awful kind of thing. So at the beginning, I wanted to show, it was so important to show um, how how times were, even when they were normal, um, that it was a, 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 just a, a nice, you know, um, normal time and and, right. and uh something you could relate to and and also seeing the character as he was before everything went right. you know everything happened to him i yeah. so this definitely came to me while we were just sitting here and, and maybe i think it's because of something you said but and take this the right way it definitely feels like walking through a nightmare right mm -hmm. like yeah you yeah. did say that the two situations but like just the idea of like feeling like a little bit like a fever dream of just like what's happening like right now just all this yeah. like just tragedies happening around me i'm internalizing this i'm uh i'm a big fan of when stories jump around like that um yeah, one of the, yeah. a comic yeah. i'm reading right now is behold behemoth and uh that jumps around a lot and just being able yeah. to like and also like i was a huge fan of the godfather part two where just jumping around and just being able to see, like to tell these stories here and to understand like this person got here because of that. It's, yes. Yeah. yeah. So much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. All right. Uh, anything that you'd, you'd want to say about uh, anything else you want to add to cover the dead with lime before we uh, cap that off? I think, um, so what you were just talking about and everything, I, I, I think that's very important as well. Um, to show that and, and that's what you're gonna you know you're finding throughout the series and everything um to how he became this way the way that he is and everything and um and also if if he can find himself again as well mm. because like you say there is a part of him that is kind of it's almost 
it's almost like he's dead inside. That's the irony yeah. of it. He's surrounded in the dead. He might as well be dead himself. He's wearing this mask all the time. It, you know, he's lost himself in this thing that he just puts on every single day. That's the impression we get. And as it goes on further, yeah. you'll see that, that, you know, like um, another issue is going to open up that way where um, he's putting this mask on every time. And it's like, you know, I think that was what was really good with, with issue three is that it was a reminder of at the end of that, it's like, this is the reason why I'm doing this. I'm doing yeah. this because of this. And you, and it was great to show the audience that, that, um, that this is the reason why he's, he's on this path and the reason why he's doing these things. Um, because there is still a trace of hope, even if, it looks as dark and, and, and terrible as things are and everything. And having tiny little tangents of just moments of hope, and, you know, even when it's completely dark and grimy or so, you know, just a moment in in, um, in in a nice day all of a sudden it would just come out of the blue and it, you appreciate it more because <laughs> because it's so dark all the time and just, you know, mm -hmm. awful times, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, audience, if you haven't picked up Cover the Dead with Lime, please do. I beg you. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, there's several different covers for the each issue so far, um, which yes, all yes. the covers are just brilliant. I love them. Uh, mm -hmm. You can check them out, you know, on the Googles. Um, I have a, uh, there's some links in the description you can check out oh, as perfect. well. I also, uh, I, I did want to say this about the comic. I was <laughs> talking to uh, my comic book guy and uh, he was telling me that there's a couple of people that have it in their weekly, like they're in their pool. So they're waiting for it to come yes. out and, he said yeah. uh, at, at our comic book shop, he's he was selling a bunch of them. So it was great. I just oh, wanted sweet. to pass that on oh, and let you know that, uh, yeah, locally people are enjoying it. Oh, that's great. I think that's the most important thing. And that's what resonates, I think, with us is that, you know, and actually getting to meet the people or just hearing about it. That's a great thing because otherwise you're putting it out there and you don't really know if people are reading it or how far it's reaching kind of thing. And, um, yeah. and we, it hope, we hope for it to be out um probably a bit longer than a month you know because we're basically still wrapping it up at the moment you know because it's all okay. self-funded and everything um but yeah it's going to be eight eight issues eventually okay. we'll be wrapping it nice cool well uh jonathan uh this is great thank just you for sit, coming just, on oh no well I, hang on oh well, yeah sorry. Well, <laughs> uh, her buddy just the ink just 27 the... said definitely my pool to go along with my signed copies that's awesome nice i'd love to get some signed copies sometime so have to, have to um, go yeah. to the west coast but yeah so where oh, where, yeah. where can we find you on online uh what do you got coming up uh where people could see you i know you'll be wandering yes. around WanderCon, so <laughs> or WonderCon. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be wandering around WonderCon. there we go it's just a bunch of nomads <laughs> just walking around with like shaws and uh hobo packs <laughs> yeah totally. the funny thing is I'll probably feel more out of place, you know, not dressed in any particular way, but just like like I'm at the wrong convention or something. I'll just be walking around looking mm -hmm. like, you know, just myself <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, so I'll be at WonderCon. Um, I'm also, um, so I'm on uh, Jonathan underscore Chance on um, Instagram, uh, Carry On John on Twitter, Carry On John without the H on TikTok, uh, website. Uh, jonathan-chance.com and um, things coming out. Well, we're really hard working on this right now because everything I do is kind of like self-funded in that. I think most of the things I'm doing is, is going into this right now. But prior to that, it was really doing, you know, shorts and things like that. And then there was the, the book of the mountain, which was the graphic novel. Um, I would love to get back to doing uh, the series of the boy of the mountain at one point where, when I, you know, funds and things like that will be in. Um, but definitely my main focus is is completing Cover the Dead with Lime. But I might be doing another couple of shorts or so, maybe if I can or not. <laughs> it depends. Um, with Elsewhere. <laughs> with yeah. Elsewhere. And um, like I said, I would love to also make Never By Night, my horror anthology. I would love to bring a volume of that out every year and i've already got two volumes complete for that so if there's any problems oh, out awesome. there that's interested i want to get it out there because it's uh, that's how, also how, how can people help you out with that uh what's this 
watch this and reach out to you, me, or whoever and say, John, I like what anthology that sounded really good and let's publish it. And then, you know, Perfect. yeah, I'll bring it out. <laughs> Spread the word. Let's get it go. out there. Yeah. Scout. I'm I'm trying to do something with Scout. I'm trying to get this uh podcast sponsored by Scout or something. Uh, that's my just <laughs> oh, wow. personal with, uh, that's just my board project that I do and I just harass Scout on internet until they <laughs> acknowledge me. But uh no just yeah they they have this thing called black caravan. I would love to see like have something out under that. That would be that would be dope. Anyways yeah um That'd yeah cool. any where, however we could get that out that uh, sounds fantastic. You have two readers at least. And yeah. I'm sure <laughs> as well. That would be yeah. good enough for me. <laughs> cool, cool. Awesome. All right. Well, um, as us for the Pullbox Pals, you can find us at Pullbox Pals on Instagram um, and pretty much any of your social media sites. And then you can find me at Mad underscore nerdy on Instagram. You can find Monk at that Monk guy on Instagram. Um, and there's probably link trees and stuff to get you further down the road if you want to go down those rabbit holes of who the three of us are. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you again, Jonathan. And thank you Monk. for having me on the show, guys. I really appreciate it. I had a really great time, guys. Yes. Same here. Yeah, we definitely had a great time. And Jonathan, when I read your comics, I like to say I haven't read comics like these in years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad-